Welcome to the Scarleteers Podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back to the Scarleteers Podcast. Yay! I'm Amanda. And I'm Lindsay. And we are talking about um, episodes one through three on season two. And we have two um, U.S. fans joining with us. Talking about episodes one, two, and three, we have Callie and Megan joining us. Yay! Hello. Welcome, ladies. Thank Glad you. to be here. Yes. Thank you so um, much for joining us. So we're going to just jump right off and talk about episode one, which is called Pandora's Box. Um, the gist of it was Eliza is back with a bang for the opening episode. She's in that iconic first episode. The episode opens a few weeks after season one finished. Eliza's not look, particularly looking her best as she enters a club to help tell her latest client that she's resolved his case. This particular case is missing pigeons. Needless to say, while her client is happy with her work, he decidedly, or he decides that he'll pay her on his own terms, not hers, which only serves to land Eliza in Scotland Yard in cuffs for the night much to the amusement of William the Duke Wellington. Only his amusement is short-lived when a woman barges into Scotland Yard to yell at him for not investigating her sister Georgina's disappearance, which is witnessed not only by Eliza, but William's new superintendent, Monroe. After finding Moses in her office, having successfully scoured the payment from her client, or successfully secured the payment from her client, he has a case for Miss Alice Lee, from Miss Alice Lee. Only Alice is the same one who yelled at William. So Eliza's presented with this case. Does she take it? Does she not take it? She's presented. What she do? And then that's the episode. So, ladies, what was your thought on episode one? I liked it. I thought it was a great beginning to the season. It... It felt like they picked up kind of right where they left off. It was, I thought it was a great start. Yeah. Callie? Thoughts? Yeah. I, I liked it too. I feel like it covered the gamut of mystery, old emotions. So much happened in the 45 minutes that I, I really felt like no time had gone by, even though it was two years since season one, that that flow from the last episode to this one was really well done. And it was like visiting old friends, seeing the characters again. And I, I really enjoyed the story in that episode, not just the mystery, but also seeing more of their personal lives and their interactions with each other, all the characters. Anything I, I else? Just, I love, I love the opening. I just thought Eliza, that poor blue dress, that mm. rest in peace blue <laughs> dress, like not say. coming back. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit about the blue dress, I have to say. Um, but that look on Kate's face when she goes to release those pigeons, I'm not sure there would be a fan anywhere that wasn't just kind of sitting there clapping, going, good yeah. one, Eliza, yay, yeah. we, we've got mm-hmm. you. Yeah, she really opened it with a bang. I mean, just mm-hmm. that look, and then she, like, tenses her hands, and then the pigeons just let go. It's just like, boom, and then the music pops mm-hmm. off. It's just like... Well done. Episode one, season two, we are off on a tangent. Good, you know. 
And it's kind of classic Eliza, isn't it? It's that classic, she's got the the craziest of cases. She's gone and found pigeons. Like, it just instantly, a bit like in season one, episode one, where she's going down a dark alley and you don't quite know what she's going to get up to. It just brings you back in that same level, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that she's also passionate about solving cases that seem silly, but she put a lot of effort into finding these pigeons and it it wasn't a murder or a, or a robbery. It was like missing pets essentially, but she took it very seriously, which like shows how much she respects her own job and her own work, which I like. Yeah. She really wants her reputation to be, you know, out there and to be held up no matter what your case is she will give it her all and she you know won't back down she won't not take a case because it's oh it's just missing pigeons it's not your missing daughter you know it's equal in Eliza's eyes you know and and equally shows that she she's getting the dregs she's still getting the dregs of the cases Mm. And the other thoughts, uh, what do you think about William and his new inspector, superintendent? I like the Scottish accent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's quite I, in I, his I, favor. I, I, didn't, I didn't mind the second Scottish accent coming into the mix. Yeah. It was it was obvious they were trying our, you know, in this episode, they were painting them more as allies that, hey, look, we have the same upbringing. We're from the same place. I'm going to be your buddy and I can help you get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite buy it, did we? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we were hoping. I was like, oh, OK, it's a, you know, a lad from the neighborhood. OK, maybe we can. We can, you know, be friends, but by the end of the episode, well, maybe not, maybe not, you know, which we feel bad for William. He can't get a good, you know, a superintendent. I think it's kind of, I, I, in in a nice way, shows that, because obviously in, in William's office, Eliza kind of is, is grouching about the fact that, you know, it's so hard for her. And, you know, William's kind of going, well, it's not always so easy for me. And I think one of the things which I thought was quite interesting is that, you know, he, Rachel's kind of gone, he can't think of anything at that moment in time. But actually, I think across the season, she's slightly showing how difficult it is for him. I mean, he gets beaten up because of, you know, incompetent Fitzroy. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's got a boss who's not exactly, a, you know, he's a bit of a double-edged sword where one minute you're like, are you my friend? And then the next minute you're like, oh, are you going to stab me in the back? And so it's a very, I found that quite an interesting take because you, you kind of thought after Sterling, maybe he'd get a boss that would help. And that's, yeah. you know, when you first meet Monroe, you are kind of sitting there scratching your head going, are you going to be a friend? Are you going to be an ally? Are you going to help him or or not? So... I found that quite quite an interesting. He's quite a complex character in some ways because you're not quite sure what he's going to do. Yeah, he is. He is interesting, and I, I sort of. I mean, not Sterling. We can, you know, Sterling, but um, <laughs> um, Monroe definitely. He he does seem like he wants to help sometimes. He it seems like he understands where William's coming from a lot, but it's kind of like, hey, look where I'm coming from. 
I have all yeah. this other stuff. I have this budgets to deal with. I have, you know, these people breathing down my neck who want some things. I have you trying to solve cases. And it's just, so I did feel that too. I feel you maybe like 20% pro William, but 80% pro him, you know, pro like, himself. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe willing to help you, but in the end it's, I'm going to look after me. You know. Makes you question his integrity though, because for him, I guess, just closing cases and not actually finding the correct culprit doesn't mm. matter so much. So you're kind of like, do you really want this guy in charge of Scotland Yard when he doesn't seem to care much about who's doing it as long as they just knock things out of the way and please his superiors? So I I kind of don't like him for that. Right. Yeah. He kind of wants his case solve rate to be 100% and doesn't matter if it's the right person. Yeah. Which makes me wonder about William, too. If if it wasn't Eliza involved in half of these things, would he really even care? Or he just also wants to get the files off of his desk? That's a that good point. Great. It is. Because with this case, you know, it wouldn't have gotten solved or solved correctly, I guess, mm. if Eliza didn't. It's not that she stepped in because she didn't go looking to help this woman Right. You know, mm-hmm. it fell into her lap, you know, but if Eliza didn't go solving this case, it wouldn't have gotten solved. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Makes you wonder how many are that we don't see, for example, like behind the scenes, all the cases William ignored or just yeah. signed off on. Well, I, it happens a lot. And today I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine like in the, in those times. I mean, with low technology or no technology, you know, yeah. just grabbing a local street thug, yeah, throwing yeah, him in people, jail. People must have just gone missing. And yeah. Yeah. whether that was legitimate, there's something dangerous has gone wrong, or I, I think I read about one woman who he decided to leave her husband and uh, she she just disappeared off to off to Wales. Hmm. Well, and she got yeah. found out and accused of bigamy about a year later. And <laughs> uh, this was in Victorian yeah. times because it was in one of the Victorian um, crimes that I was looking at because her husband was so dog-eared about finding her. Um, he hired countless private detectives to find her. And in the end, she obviously didn't run very far from London. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, she got she got found out. I think it was either Wales or Bristol or something. Yeah. But she was alive and well. And I think that's what's quite interesting about this case is that um, – you know, in, in theory, yes, the case would not get solved if Eliza hadn't have been a little bit more determined. And But equally, there wasn't necessarily anything untoward happening to Alice. Not Alice, Georgina. She was alive. She was well. She was being looked after. And, OK, the, the circumstances of, of, you know, what happened to her baby, probably not, you know, the most legit but you can imagine that happening in the day of you know a young 16 year old girl getting pregnant at a time when it really would would have been frowned upon and them kind of taking it and passing it off as their own they probably could have gotten away with it and Georgina go back to her life right right you know it's a good point that I mean I I think Eliza was right to take the case she didn't know when she started it how it was going to end up if Georgina was going to be okay. 
But in the end, it didn't really need to get solved because it would have worked itself out. Mm. She would have gone back to her life and her sister and she would have been fine. It's a caseless case. A caseless case. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> the case without a case. I mean, technically, there would have been a case because I think regardless, the the um, shop girl was obviously blackmailing the, the rich couple who's the Wentworth. That is true, yeah. Um, and, and so technically, the, the shop girl would have been killed and then William would have been investigating then, so... You know. But then it kind of lends to the same thing. Would they have just passed that off as, oh, she just went on her way to a different job or moved and da 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 da, da you know? So or robbery gone was, wrong, she got killed in her room, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. I can imagine because know. they probably yeah. would have had a lot of cases. I mean, I I feel like Eliza in this case was she was caught between a rock and a hard place in some ways because I think oh, yeah. if she ignored it. She would be just as bad as William, who signed it off without even so much as glancing at it. So if she'd have gone, I'm not going to take this case, then then she kind of ends up being the bad guy, a bit like William turns out to be. But equally, she probably could have maybe mentioned it. And I I question why she didn't. And part of me in my reasonable head goes, it's in the script. And also, she actually <laughs> isn't even investigating it for a day before William finds out and he's been off out you know getting beaten up and you know. yeah so it's really not, yeah, at what point like would she have had avoiding him yeah yeah I mean what, at what point would she have had to tell him so you know you kind of reasonably go like this but then she really doesn't help herself when you know he kind of is all a bit you really opened my case and she's like well it's a good job I did because you know you were so your yeah. investigation was poor and you're like oh you're not yeah, helping handled that handled that a little bit better yeah she yeah. does need to learn tact a bit mm-hmm. yeah, just from a friend's standpoint I think what she did was wrong mm-hmm. romance aside like she went behind his back she could have said that nicer like you said or left him a message just at least to cover herself and say I did kind of tell you you weren't at your desk to read the message <laughs> like or just something like that it would still throw it back at him but at least she could say that maybe I don't know it, it kind of felt like she betrayed him a little because she obviously knew it would piss him off when she yeah. Ivy was fixing her gown and even Ivy knew I mean everyone would have known he wouldn't be happy with her doing that Probably the best thing would have been Eliza to find some other private detective to take the case and have, like, like Ivy suggested. Yeah, Gillis cool. would have done it, and then she could have told William to watch out because they're investigating. But what she say in one season that takes them a week to even start solving the case, mm-hmm. she probably could have taken it back at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So and who knows, means- by the end of that week, she, um, Georgina Lee might have turned up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so we also means, haven't kind of yeah. touched on on our little hand holding moment. What, what do yeah, you guys think of that? I almost shouted out hands, but then I. <laughs> I've got some notes, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I think in that instance, Eliza was being extremely flirty. I think she knew she was being flirty, and then she was like, "Oh crap!" So she backed <laughs> off too far. Yeah. But it was, I, I love the contrast, like, William's face looks like, he, he's, like, so cute and, like, uh, like younger, look like, giggly almost, not giggly, but 
um, Giddy. Giddy. Love like, Giddy Giddy, almost. Yeah. yeah, that's a good word. Thanks. But then also when you see the opening of season three and his lack of interest in with whom he's talking, like you, you mean episode see- three. What? You mean episode three? Yeah, what I say, I said season. I meant episode three. Yeah, yeah, yeah episode three. But just like that one finger touch meant so much more to him than anything else that happens later on. And I thought that was a really nice contrast. Mm-hmm. And it was really cute the way they, they set that up. I did have this uh, thought. I can't remember if I put it in our group or in a private chat, but <laughs> William's door was like open. And so I yeah. was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe if this conversation between them had happened, not just as Eliza's grouching about work and they're sitting in his office and his door's wide open, that maybe if this conversation took place, like maybe over dinner in a slightly more romantic setting, she possibly would have had a slightly different reaction to him. I agree with you, Lindsay. I think it was in the group that that you mentioned that. Mm. Um, But, right. Ooh. Later in the episode, William's yelling at her to, you know, always treat him professionally in front Mm -hmm. of his men. You can't call me that. And it's like, but in his office, he's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like it was a little bit of a double standard there, that it's okay if maybe he wants to get a little canoodly, but if she just calls him William instead of Inspector Wellington, then he flies off the handle? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just think it was, she was letting off steam and she would spent the whole night in, you know, not the jail cell, but she was kind of relieved William had rescued her and then so she I just think was kind of just like oh I'm out I'm relieved William finally came and saved me and just it was kind of like a slip up she was like oh like you said Megan she kind of just went too far yeah I went oh oh," you know kind of back way you know and And let's not forget she still stinks of manure (laughs) so you know the fact he's given her these flirty eyes and, and she's all covered in bird poo the guy, the guy's got it bad for her, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard to walk back in six episodes. So so that leads to the last scene in episode one where he calls off the dinner. Oh. What do you ladies think, thinking about that? I think I would have liked it if it was more maybe in episode two. I felt like they did it so they could backtrack to add romance later without it feeling too compressed in the story. Um, I feel like we needed one more, one full episode of just seeing them together a bit happier before that happened. That's my thought. Yeah, as it is, I mean, we... We got the the one scene of them being kind of flirty and and happy, yeah. And that's it. Is it just the one scene? I'm thinking back. Yeah, Otherwise, the they were now. yeah they were antagonistic almost yeah. the rest of that of that episode. And so yeah, Callie, I agree with yeah. you. I feel like we just maybe a little bit more for waiting so long for season two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that one was like all in the alibi advertisements and mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be much more after that I'm like you just put it in the commercial and ruin the whole episode Thanks. they know what's going to get us in they know what's going to get <laughs> us to watch <laughs> yeah they do 
I do wish the little hand-holding moment had been a tad longer. I felt like the way that Eliza pulled her fingers away was a little bit aggressive. Um, oh, crap. It, That's what it was. It was, oh, crap. I thought yeah. she was teasing him. I didn't get that impression that she was, like, taking it back. I thought she was like, well, this is for now. Oh, I like think, there's more to come, you mean? Yeah. Kind yeah. Of like, oh. I was kind of thinking that, too. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, the door, like, like Lindsay said, his door, his office door was open. What else? They, they can't do anything else but gently, you know, touch each other's fingers. That'd be a whole different show, otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) The late night episode, late late after nine p.m. We're talking HBO Max, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) This girl and the Duke after dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good fanfic. I think we'd all be in for that, though. Just to yeah, throw that. Yeah, in. definitely. I'd say seventy percent of the viewers would still turn, tune in. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. I kind of feel like that. As, as like when I watched that end scene the first time for the very first time, I just kind of went, "Oh, is that it? We've yeah. got. We've had one. One tiny little." scene that you can't even really call as particularly romantic because as you say they're in William's office and the door's open and there's not a lot that's going to happen there it would have been nice to kind of have that little bit of something before this end and I think as I was watching it the whole episode you could almost feel the tension between them leading down this that I was kind of watching going this isn't going to end well Mm -hmm. this isn't going to end well and I'm not used to watching the this show and kind of going oh my stomach it's not feeling too good because I know this isn't going to end well and I'm used to them solving the case and then yeah they may have had a disagreement in the episode but they kind of resolve it by the end of the episode and they you know it, it tends to end on a bit of a lighter moment even like season one episode three when you know William shouted and knocked a lamp off the table you still had that moment mm-hmm. at the end of the in, um, ugh, interview with Margaret Fairfax. Oh, you know, don't take what she says to heart. You know, we can't go around killing people. You know, William still kind of had that little bit of lightness and, and mm. it didn't happen. And so when it ended, I was like, oh, mm. I don't know how I feel about this because this, this doesn't kind of fit with my, we all end in a nice little and I go away and go, yay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's I, I might be jumping ahead, but I that's a good point and also confuses me how much time went by between episode one and two. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love how it was shot. I love how it was directed. It was slightly edited that end scene for in the UK version because our episodes are only 45 minutes long, whereas I think the. PBS versions are about 52. Yeah, um, 52. But I do notice that you guys have um, a bit of a trailer from the previously and, and, and a little bit. So I think it's there's probably maybe three or four minutes added in your version to our version. And Megan, you, you cut it beautifully so that I could kind of see this, that, that stare. And yeah. it's only like, what, five seconds? But it really kind of made the difference for me watching it, uh, your version of it, because I was like, oh, he's really, you can really see he's like, answer me, tell me I'm wrong, tell me I'm kind of 
you don't want this. And Eliza's just sort of looking at him almost in a, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And we're not used to Eliza being quite meek. We're used to her being quite feisty and, and fighting for what she wants. And it's interesting that she almost, it, it kind of highlighted her inexperience in a relationship that she doesn't know to kind of go, I don't want what you're saying. I'm I'm really disappointed that, because she is disappointed that they're not going to dinner. And you can see when she kind of goes, oh. And I, I, you know, her speech is lovely and I don't begrudge what she's saying. I feel in some ways when she's saying, you know, my freedom to, um, you know, make my own choices and choose what cases is really important to me. But I can also see from William's perspective that actually he doesn't get that opportunity. And I think as the seasons go on, particularly episode three, when we come to chat to it, when he makes his own decisions and he tries to choose what he wants to do, it has really bad consequences for him. And I I feel like she, again, Eliza is always in her own head and she's always thinking about what she wants. At some point, she is going to have to kind of start to acknowledge William and, and, and what he wants. And I don't know at what point that can happen. But. I, I I really felt for for them in that moment. I wasn't particularly enamoured with the door bit. I was a bit like partly yes, I was screaming, go one of them open the door. But the other part, <laughs> yeah. part of me was like, do you know what? You two have made your decision, and I don't really, I you know, yeah, it's lovely, but yeah. I had to bring up the two clips, um, mm-hmm. the the UK version and then the PBS version. One is. Um, 17 seconds, 16 seconds, mm-hmm. and the other is only seven seconds. Wow. So that's, it's that's the difference. difference. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing difference. And I remember the first time I watched the, the PBS version after seeing the UK version, I was screeching and I think I was maybe yelling in a chat as well to you, <laughs> Lindsay. Um, <laughs> that, that I was like, oh my God, it's longer and there's so much more said there in mm-hmm. their faces and, the, the way they look at each other, the way they move, it's just the the UK version was, and I think that's why I was so um, kind of disappointed in it the first time, mm-hmm. is that they're, they're just, they're, the emotions were not conveyed the same way. You needed that extra almost 10 seconds to, to oh, really yeah. get it out there from both of them, from Eliza being, I would I would say almost heartbroken to realize William's not going to, essentially in her eyes, let her be who she wants to be. She's she's disappointed. She's heartbroken that he made the choice to cancel dinner. But at the same time, he's heartbroken too that she's not going to compromise and give anything to him in terms of a relationship. So it's just good job, PBS, with your extended cut. <laughs> I think exactly. I would have preferred uh, if they'd have kind of cut the scene where they're walking out of the door. You know, where they're both walking. I would have preferred if that had have been shortened and added those 10 seconds where they're staring at each other, because I think that would have been more impactful. Because we know that they weren't going to go back. Like, everybody (laughs) watching it knew that neither of them was going to go back and open that door. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) It's just put there to aggravate us. If there was ever a door situation again, the only way it would work fairly is if they each reach for the knob at the same time, because one of them, it would come across as one of them winning or one of them losing, I think, if either of them did it on their own. But it has to, they both have to compromise on things. 
not just have someone give in and be like, okay. It's a, it's a good point. I feel like a lot of people think, oh, well, Eliza needs to do this and she needs to compromise this. Oh, well, William needs to do this and he needs to compromise this. It's both of them. They both have mm-hmm. stuff they have to work on in order to be able to come together and be in an adult relationship. Yeah. And full credit to Rachel, because I think she has definitely written both characters in that sense that they both got issues. It's neither yeah. one nor the other. I wonder how they'll show like their growth more hopefully in the next in the coming seasons and and things like that cuz I feel like in this season they they didn't really grow much maybe Williams a little more accepting of Eliza working but emotionally I feel like they just both kind of plateaued mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah or backtracked in the case of the end of this episode but go on to episode 2 uh Black Witch Moth After failing to win over Mrs. Parker and the ladies of the Bloomsbury Cultural Society with stories from her casebook, Eliza is hired by Mr. Schwab from the insurance company Schwab & Durston to investigate the theft of the late Charles Darwin's sketch, The Black Witch Moth, stolen from the Garrett Museum of the Natural Natural Science owned by Hannah Garrett. After finding his charge, Detective Fitzroy passed out in the opium den, William Wellington is also looking into the theft of the drawing. Whilst he tries training up his newest recruit during the case, can he also keep his superior off his back? So this episode was really interesting. If you like puzzles and solving like word puzzles and figuring out this goes in slot A to get slot B to go and slot C to find, you know, if you like puzzles, this is a really interesting one. So what are you ladies thinking? This was um, probably one of my favorite episodes of the season, I think. I thought the, like the, the I guess the female centeredness of it was, mm-hmm. was interesting. I, I really liked the, I guess, especially the more like men subvert women sort of theme that was going throughout it. And that there were probably tons of brilliant women in you know 17 1800s even the early 1900s who never got to reach their full potential because men were too scared of letting them do that Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's nice that it's not kind of preached at you as well you know it's so subtle as the episode goes on that you were just like oh my goodness Yeah. yeah 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 But it was also interesting because Hannah Garrett didn't trust Eliza's motives in the beginning. And yep. like, okay, women are against women, too, because that's also how they're thought to think that a man would send a woman mm-hmm. to try to talk to her about the missing drawing. And I, I mean, she comes around eventually, but everyone's so suspicious of anybody. Everybody. <laughs> Any woman. Yeah. 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 Mm. And I think it's, I mean, it is what it's one of my favorite episodes because I just think it had a bit of everything. It had a really intriguing case that was just so well put together and thought out that you mm-hmm. kind of got to the end and were just like, okay, I like that one. But equally, you kind of, you had the humor. Like, I agree to Callie's point that I don't know how much time is between the end of episode one and the start of season two because Eliza and William seem a little bit off but not off and and one minute they're chummy and then they're kind of slightly biting at each other 
but he, he, William particularly had a humour about him that I just kind of loved because I sometimes think he gets his confidence knocked a lot by Eliza because she so wants to be better than him or as good as him. She has to prove herself to him the whole time that you kind of feel like all oh, his confidence has been knocked and and you know he can be this this really intelligent person and and he can solve a case just as well as she can. And I like the fact that there are bits where, you know, he he pulls out Anagram and it's not all like Eliza. He's given her the idea for it and and loved absolutely loved the whole, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the head. No, you're not because there's a policeman <laughs> behind you. I was just like, yeah. you know, and, and, and the whole teasing of, you know, I'm going to use your, well, Inspector Wellington is going to use your leg for firewood. And he's just like, yep. <laughs> yeah. I really <laughs> enjoy that whole scene. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yep. if I could have more episodes like this, I think I wouldn't have felt slightly disappointed at the lack of movement with Eliza and William because the episode had a bit of everything. And I think after episode one where I kind of felt, oh, and a bit down by it, this just kind of came back with another punch. And you're like, okay, yeah, you dragged me back in. I'm still here. And and you needed this episode, I think, after episode one. I think we needed something that was slightly lighter and... It didn't have the romance, but it definitely had the fun element. And, you know, William with his just the kind of I love the Welsh accent of the actor whose name is currently escaping me, but I will find it. Um, The Welsh accent, the rolling of the R's. I was like, you are brilliant, mate. I, I really enjoy you. And, you know, just Mrs. Parker coming back. It, in some ways, it was just that little bit of a of a hug and there was a familiarity to to the episode of you know who who we are what we're doing and you know basil turns up and and he's oh, a bit basil. Of a... <laughs> i love basil yeah he's so funny he's um, just he's the perfect slimy i don't know i love him <laughs> yeah you you can tell that he just kind of thinks so much of himself and you know i <laughs> just he cracked me up and you know there's that little bit of antagonizing William and um yeah there was just something um kind of and I like the 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 parallels with Mr Dashwood who's just a complete so-and-so um he's clearly not very nice to his wife and you kind of think you know this is how it was this is how things were and it's nice to kind of see William in a slightly different light because you go do you know what he may not agree with Eliza working but he ain't that bad yeah yeah it's true you you brought up Dashwood because I that name I kind of forgot about it but this mm-hmm. his name was Dashwood I mm-hmm. think one of the ladies of the Bloomsbury Cultural Societies was was it Woodhouse Ooh, and then they? in yes, the, yes. the first episode there was the Wentworths Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think that that's 100% a nod to Jane Austen, because those were all characters from mm-hmm. her novels, Wentworth, oh. Woodhouse, and Dashwood. Wentworth oh, is nice. Persuasion, Dashwood is um, Emma, and um, what was the last one? No, wait, Woodhouse was Emma, Dashwood is Sense and Sensibility. Oh, I never thought of that. She said in her PBS interview that she was influenced by Jane Austen, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it has to be a nod. 
I just think it's it's one of those fun little things that they put in to make us go, oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I mean, do you guys have like a favorite bit or? I yeah, actually, my part was just the short part when William's kind of training Fitzroy. He's like, use your like think, don't just take notes and. I wonder how Henry trained and mentored William compared to how William's training Fitzroy. I'm guessing William yells a lot more, but <laughs> I was like, we're finally seeing William actually like detecting and not just getting beaten up or Eliza solving something before him. Like I felt like in this whole season in general, seeing him with the men too, you see him working, you see him more tired and it made him more real that he actually is doing his job whether it's well or not, you know, is another mm-hmm. thing to consider. But um, he felt more well-rounded. And, and that scene with Fitzroy, I think, like, nailed it for me. It was like, oh, he's showing him and he's telling him to think. And he's not just, like, you know, saying, take notes or do this. Like, tell me what you see here. And I like mm-hmm. that. I think I can't remember where I read this, so I cannot give somebody credit. But somebody was like, he's saying to Fitzroy, you know, take note of the things around you start looking at things and then of course as they leave the scene he's like so are you and her t- no <laughs> you're like, yeah you're, you're, you're picking up the signs there mate he's putting his up ob- his new observation skills to use right <laughs> i think my favorite part was uh at the the end with the mm-hmm. you know the culmination when um hannah garrett was saying oh okay, i don't have the words and basil's like don't worry I'll find them for you. Yeah. <laughs> Other it's than just so, it's so funny. <laughs> Other than like the tavern scene where they're um, questioning the like art thief and saying we're gonna burn your wooden leg because it's cold. Um, I like the scene with Eliza and like the elderly mother, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I like my afternoon like crosswords and schnapps," and I'm like, "Yep." You know, I tweeted like, yeah, that's my favorite, you know, afternoon hobby, schnapps and crosswords and PBS masterpiece like liked it. And I was like, oh, oh, of all the tweets you guys need to like, you like the crosswords and schnapps one. OK, so but I really like that because she's like, yeah, I'm an old lady who like crosswords and schnapps and smoking. And I was like, yeah, old lady, I, <laughs> me too, <laughs> you know, which is funny you know but in a way this also like a caseless case in some ways since it was somewhat staged Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah that is a good point yeah like i mean yes it would have been a shame if they never recovered the drawing but technically the moth solved it by flying into the keyhole (laughs) 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 that way (laughs) okay you just happen to be standing there but it's yeah, mis- it was very lucky. It was very yeah. lucky. <laughs> if she was five minutes earlier or later, she would not have solved it at all. <laughs> and, and would William have found if, if Fitzroy hadn't have passed out uh, when William with mm-hmm. went with his warrant? Would he have found the cupboard? Would he have found the clues instead? Yeah, all about mm-hmm. luck. Oh, that's, yeah, but that's yeah. true because so many things are about luck in life in general. So mm-hmm. I guess. This episode just like compiled all the luck for like the season into <laughs> one episode. <laughs> but I, I do like also that William lied to Monroe about what happened to Fitzroy. Yeah. 
Although he was covering himself too in that case, so he didn't look bad, but I still thought it was a good thing for him to do. I agree. And I think we can't not mention the little walk and talk at the end. Again, it was edited in the UK version, Mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to just start getting niggly about this. Because, again, those little edits made it such a difference. Like, there was such a, like, little, wasn't even flirty, but it was just kind of friendship, which is the bit that kind of missed when William's all, oh, um, let's not get into what I was right or wrong about. It doesn't end Mm. well. And, you know, it just, some of those, it's only one line, but at the same time you go, it just changed the tone of it for me when Mm. I was watching the PBS version. It was a little more jokey. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was much more like friends bantering, but purely, it it wasn't antagonistic at all. It was, it was advice and it was jokes and it was something about being Glaswegian, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what the line was. Okay. I didn't get the whole thing. The second line, so the second line was that, um, he was saying, she, well, she says, how do you use Scottish to your advantage? Which genuinely, my mind instantly went, with the ladies, Eliza. Right, Come on. Me too. <laughs> we all like that Scottish accent of Williams. And uh, in 1882, they probably would too. Um, but yeah, he kind of says it's at the poker table, you know, someone who can't handle their drink and, you know, from Scotland and everything. So, Wait. yeah, it's... Uh, it was, it was, but it was a lovely, friendly walk tour. I did kind of half expect her just to kind of leisurely link his arm, though, just because I feel like there's such a distance between them that I, I wanted Eliza to be the one who's kind of slightly trying to pull him back in because she doesn't know how to kind of behave, and he's kind of ended it, and she's not sure what she wants. And I was like, oh, if you'd have just linked his arm, and he could have given you this kind of slightly curious, why are you linking your arm with me? kind of look but maybe that would have overdone it who knows mm. see I I think she just doesn't know how to respond in general mm-hmm, you know we've talked about this in the group so much that Eliza doesn't hasn't seen these adult relationships you know because her mother died at such a young age both her and Eliza's young age, you know, that she doesn't mm-hmm. see, hasn't seen these adult relationships and she doesn't know how to, you know, act with a boy you have a crush on. And so she's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, she's very awkward with William. And so while she may have wanted to link arms, she is all like, I, you know, she's like, you know, probably a teenager like, would you even grab a boy's hand that you liked at that point mm-hmm. in time? You know. You're like, I, I really want to, but, you know, he'll push me away into the gutter because he doesn't like me, you know. I think she can't get out of her own head long enough to exactly. do something as spontaneous as <laughs> linking exactly. his arm. She just she mm-hmm. thinks too much. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those, like, I'd really like to, but he's going to hate me because he gets my dinner and he doesn't like me anymore. And da, 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 you know, she's I'm just an irritation. Exactly. So, Yeah. Okay, let's go on to episode three, Pop, Popper's Grave. Popper's Grave, not Popper's. Popper's <laughs> Grave, sorry. That's my American accent coming up. Popper's Grave. Popper's um, Grave, if you're English. Popper's Grave. Popper's <laughs> Grave. While searching for Eliza's office, um, while, ser- while searching Eliza's office for her mother's missing wedding ring, 
Um, Eliza and Ivy are interrupted by the, ri- the arrival of Detective Phelps. Eliza's wedding ring turns up um, at the city mortuary, following a break-in and theft of highly confidential files, making Eliza the prime suspect of these thefts. Arriving reluctantly at Scotland Yard on his day off, the Duke is less than impressed with Eliza's defense and is left to face um, superintendent is left to face Superintendent Monroe. Monroe orders him to charge her without delay, leaving William with a great dilemma taking Eliza to prison for a crime she didn't do or risk losing his job disobeying his superior's order. Only Eliza has disappeared and gone into hiding with help of Moses, leaving Ivy to fill her detective shoes and secure the information from the mortuary clerk, Mr. Potts, to help Eliza out of trouble. So, thoughts, ladies. This was a great episode with the supporting cast, with Eliza taking a back seat and letting the secondaries shine, shine, shine. So, thoughts. Take it away. Should we kind of cross the elephant in the room first? (laughs) (laughs) I literally have it written down with an exclamation point and a question mark. (laughs) Say it. Do we say her name? (laughs) She who shall not be named, otherwise known as Betsy. Hello, Betsy. Uh, Very um, opposite of Eliza-looking young lady. (laughs) Do you think that was on purpose? I think so. It has to be on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) She she looks totally the complete opposite and probably behaves and acts the complete opposite. So I would say, um, yeah, that that was probably a, a... casting choice of making sure she looked as opposite of Eliza as possible. Yeah. Yep. So was the scene of Betsy necessary? I mean, like seeing her in his bed or with him in her, her bed. In her be- yeah, like in her bed, with her in her bed. Is that phrase right? But like, is that, I mean, <laughs> we, we know what you mean. Like, Walking out of an abode, you know, dressing, and we could get like the implications. But I think Rachel did it on purpose, and I think it was, I think it was necessary, and I don't think it was, you know, overdone. I, you know, I think, you know, I, I think it was in there on purpose, and I think no big deal. So thoughts. I, I agree with you, Amanda. Like I think that added to it because they always say like to show something rather than tell it. And they keep saying he's a womanizer, but they never actually showed it. They'll show him drinking and you can believe the gambling easily. But I feel like this nailed that aspect of his character and it was something they had to show. And also like, I think I'm hoping that like his lack of intimacy with Betsy is going to be shown as a contrast in the future. Maybe if he is with Eliza, that he won't be so distant and, and gruff with her in the morning and it's like it's your house it's your door you open it kind of situation so I like the scene and and I just love the part when she's hanging out the window she's like Eliza who's this Eliza <laughs> and Ivy's face yeah. is priceless like it just it was just so funny I, I really right. liked it. And I, think I agree it was, it was pretty perfect yeah mm-hmm. all right I had multiple reasons to be there and I think it was needed okay mm-hmm. Megan what um, do you say 
if Cal, you bring up a good point that we've only been told that he's a womanizer to this point. You know, we saw the rouge on his collar, but um, from my point of view in the first season, Eliza kind of was, um, you know, she doth protest too much in that I felt that she um, kept bringing up that he was a womanizer that I kind of thought that maybe it's all in her head. Maybe he's not a womanizer. Maybe she is using that as a defense mechanism to push him away more. Because if he wasn't a womanizer, maybe he'd make a good husband. Um, so I was a little shocked that they actually showed him being a womanizer, not just – and I really think it's the actual definition of womanizer because, you know, people have pointed out he's taken up the whole bed. They're not cuddling. He essentially tells her, you get the door, it's your house. Um, he's not – you know, he's not respectful to her. He's not affectionate with her. Um, it seemed that Betsy was at least under the impression that there might be more to their relationship than just a general hookup. I don't think if she was, um, you know, if they were on the same page that this is just physical, she would have been so upset and literally kicked him out when Ivy implied that Eliza mm-hmm. might be his wife. Um, so... I mean, is it necessary for them to show he's a womanizer? If they want him to be one, then sure, yeah. Otherwise, we would never have believed it. Mm-hmm. Do I want him to be a womanizer? No. <laughs> um, I, I, I was a little more hopeful that there, or he wanted their relationship to progress and that maybe he would have given those ways up if he, Maybe season one, he would have turned the page for him and he would have said, you know what? I'm going to pursue Eliza. We're going to go out to dinner. I'm going to at least give up other women, you know, drinking, gambling, whatever. Keep doing those. But the other women, I just feel like that. I was disappointed. Well, technically, he did. (laughs) And then she said no. Maybe he's like, well, Betsy's here. Oh, Betsy's here. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of want Betsy's backstory now. How'd they meet? And they were going to have dinner that night, too. But then Ivy screwed up his plans with her. Yeah, that's a good, like, obviously, they were going to spend the day together. But but he's being grumpy with her and making her get the door. Like, I don't I don't know. It's weird. I agree. I mean, as a fan, I was kind of like, no, I don't want this. and And I was a bit. I was surprised that they kind of went there. Um, and and again, like you say, I'm a little bit disappointed in William. But at the same time, when I look at it as a season as a whole, he's the way he is with Fitzroy and the way certain things are, I'm like, you kind of needed to put this in to remind us that he's not mm. perfect. Because I think as the season goes along and we see him in um, kind of a slightly different light and how he kind of, he does start to help Fitzroy a little bit. He kind of comes a little bit more, okay, I kind of like you like this. And, and he's not so gruff in some ways. And I think part of this is just a reminder of he's not perfect. Yeah. My other thought was maybe his bed's really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> he's got two. Who knew? Uh, that was a good, that was a funny addition. He has an extra bed. <laughs> But yeah, I think um, as interesting as Betsy was, I'm glad that she's not kind of hanging around. Um, so yeah, I, I did, however, find I don't know who threw the shoe, but 
I thought that was hilarious throwing the shoe. <laughs> and, and hats off to Kathy Belton because her face, that whole scene, I was yeah. like, yep. <laughs> well, if it's like, I'm not minding this view. Nope. Oh, Eliza, what are you missing? Him. Yeah. <laughs> So would you rather, I mean, we know Eliza's in prison, and that's why Ivy's there, but would you have rather that scene be with Eliza in place of Ivy? Like, would it have played better that Eliza woke William up in Betsy's bed? That's a good question. That's really good. That is a good question. Like, would she have thrown her shoe at his head? (laughs) (laughs) Or would she have just would she have like, called her? Would she say she's his wife? There's a question because I think Eliza's the only. Mm. Oh, actually, she has, can't she? In episode two, yeah, with Mister Park, she's Olivia yeah. that she's his wife. So she may well have gone. I'm his wife. So that could be quite funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, the girl needs to know what she's missing. That's the thing. When it, when I remember discussing on the group before with season two, kind of going, "Oh, if William gets shirtless again, you know." Eliza's got to be there. She's got to see it. She's got to see what she's missing. She still hasn't yeah. figured it out. No. She would have taken all of her cases off her desk and said, let's go to dinner, William. <laughs> I thought that was, that that was going somewhere. I was with you, Megan. I was like, where's she going with this? <laughs> Sweeping everything off the desk. <laughs> well, that's after Is dinner. Is that Miss Scarlet and the Duke after, after dark again? That's the after 9 p.m. show, the HBO Max one. <laughs> after Dark. <laughs> the After Dark episode. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the actual episode. Betsy is talked about, and Betsy is gone, like the shoe. Um, <laughs> no more Betsy. We're done talking no more about Betsy. Betsy. Um, the episode. Thoughts? Mr. Potts is great. Oh, oh, well, let's talk about the Thanks. other exclamation point. Ivy and Mr. Potts. Oh I God. was screaming at the telly. Oh, and we have their names, and they're beautiful and perfect. Mm-hmm. Ivy would I never imagine anything more perfect than those names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it um, weird that he's always going to be Mr. Potts, though? Like, I feel strange calling him Barnabas. I think you meant to. Because Eliza, <laughs> she definitely doesn't feel very comfortable with this. So I think, yeah, I think we're meant to kind of feel a little bit, oh, it's Mr. Potts. It's almost like your teachers. Even when you go back to school, you're always like, oh, Mr. Smith. And like you're the same age. It's just, it's. (laughs) Mm, Totally. I think it's only going to be Barnabas on him and Ivy's 15th wedding anniversary when Mm -hmm. they're at their big, you know, celebration. And, you know, uh, Eliza has to do a toast and. She has to formally call him Barnabas, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's only going to be something like that. But other than that, it's Mr. Potts at all times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the implications of their relationship, too, because if they end up together, that leaves Eliza essentially alone in that house all mm-hmm, by herself. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see it as it progresses. Yeah. Like, will she think that far ahead and... Or is she just going to block it from her mind until something actually does change? I agree, because in episode one, 
one of the things Ivy, Ivy and Eliza obviously have their little bit of a conversation and Ivy's kind of all, I hate seeing you alone. And mm. Eliza's like, I'm not alone. I've got you. And, and this kind of tips that balance of, ooh, Ivy might not always be there. What are you going to do, kid? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Moses's role mm. in the episode. I love his music. Every <laughs> time he walks on the screen. I was thinking that same thing too when he came out from the pantry or, or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's Moses' music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a Western sort of, I don't, I don't yeah. know. It reminds me of a cowboy. Yeah. I just, I just love his accent. It's so perfect, so deep, so smooth, so just like a, you know, a smooth. <laughs> Now, I love Moses, and I think the world of him, but like a snake will just lure you, like hypnotize you, and just strike you. <laughs> See, I was going to say dead. smooth like Jamaican rum or something. Yes. Mm. <laughs> well, I mm. think it's interesting that in season one, Ivy, when we first kind of, because we, we never see the meat, but the implication is there when she kind of gets William to go to the back door. And, you know, oh, there's a man at the door. He's not like anything we've ever seen before. And he's she's basically getting William to try and shoo him away. And yet in this episode, it's like, William, I'm going to lie to you. You can bugger off. Yeah. I'm I, I'm with this guy. And, yeah. you know, it's like the tables have completely turned here. And I love that. I love the fact that Ivy is so trusting of Moses, almost more so than William. Mm-hmm. But not that William isn't going to help because I, I, the one thing that I slightly irks me is I understand that, you know, he's in a tough spot. He, he, he can't win here. You know, he's got Eliza who I, I do firmly believe that he knows that she's been up to no good, but she's no thief. She didn't do it. And then she's, he's got his boss basically saying, right, you need to throw her in Newgate prison. Well, I can't imagine that he would actually want to do that. But no. we never get to see him choose. We never get to see what he's going to do. And I don't know whether Eliza leaves his office because she knows she's put him in a difficult position or whether she thinks he's not going to help her or whether mm-hmm. she thinks Moses is more. That kind of confuses me a little bit because I can't quite work out the reasoning why Eliza leaves. And does she trust Moses to help her more than she trusts William? Or, you know, that's a little bit of a grey area for me. But. I love the fact that we get to see William and some absolutely dogged determination. He's picked up something from Eliza. And the one thing that I think is so nice is that Eliza gives him the kick that he kind of needs because, you know, we know he can be a little bit lazy. He can rest on his laurels or, you know, he can sign off a case without even looking into it because it's, you know, he just doesn't have time. But we see him with that dogged determination that we're used to seeing from Eliza, I'm going to get her off the hook here. I'm going to find the right person. And, you know, there's no, he doesn't have to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. Moses is handling it. Moses probably could solve it, but, and it wouldn't get William in trouble, but he, he literally risks a lot to kind of get her off the hook. Mm hmm. And he looks so proud of himself telling Monroe this at the end. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, the poor guy's just digging himself a deeper hole. The one time he, yeah, like you said, Lindsay, the one time he actually puts his all in the case and the effort into work with people he doesn't like and doesn't trust. And and then it's just like, okay, belts, get in here. (laughs) 
Oh. To your your point, um, Lindsay, about why did Eliza leave the office, I actually think it's a little bit of all of the above. I think mm-hmm. she wasn't sure if she would be able to trust William to really help her. Um, I think that she knew that Moses probably had some connections that she might need. And I, I also think this is probably the most important one for her, is that she wanted to solve it. Mm-hmm. She well, wanted to be her own rescuer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's probably a big part. Because yeah. William started to come in and apologize to her, making it seem like he was going to put her in, in Newgate. Yeah. And I was like, are you really going to do that to her? And then she left. But yeah, I agree. I think her having to take a seat, back seat, and, and just wait for things to happen drove her nuts. But it serves her right in some ways. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Do you think she'll learn from this experience? Nope. No. <laughs> No. That's the thing. She's not learning. Like, will she learn? Will she grow? Will something so bad have to happen until she finally gets through her head to, like, calm down and look at someone else's perspective for once? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's been shot at. She's been, like, seriously threatened with, like, Newgate Prison jail. And she's just like, oh, you know, it's not me. You know, I'll be fine. You know, I'll solve it myself. And you know, she always somehow luckily is fine. You know, it's going to have to be something serious, you know. I do wish she'd been a little bit more appreciative to what everybody did. Like when she kind of does see Moses and he's like, where are you going? She's like, hey, I'm off to solve the case because I'm off the hook. And <laughs> oh, you're like, yes. that, bot, that guy has literally I know, crossed every he... line for you and you mm-hmm. haven't said thank you you haven't appreciated it and i know he kind of laughs it off it's eliza but at the same time I'm like appreciate what this man has done for you yeah. and the yeah. same with ivy you know she broke my heart in that scene with mr potts where yeah. she's like oh did you buy a new car oh, and i'm like yeah. oh ivy you know you can tell that ivy is so different to eliza because she actually feels guilty for lying and for doing mm-hmm. these things. She might be doing it for the right reasons in the same way that Eliza does it for the right reasons. But Eliza never seems to acknowledge, appreciate or feel guilty. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is what I have to do to get this done. And and it was so refreshing to kind of see Ivy. And I just would have liked just a tiny little bit of thank you. Because even to William yeah. and you think he's gone there and he's explained everything, you know, his boss has been a complete ass to him. And she's like, oh, men are so childish, and I suppose you think it's my fault. It's like, well, yeah, kind of is your fault. (laughs) Appreciate what he's done for you. Oh, well, he'll get over it. And Yeah, we've talked many, many times about how selfish and self-centered Eliza is, and this episode really kind of shows it, you know, just, Mm. you know. I mean, I think that's the one thing Rachel said, that all the characters have that little bit of selfishness about them, and, Mm. and that I think that does sound true. Even with the new characters, you kind of sense there's a little bit of selfish self-preservation going on. Mm-hmm. But, Especially but with thought, Clementine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clementine. All my sisters are Clementine. It, it <laughs> my mom. I was like, it makes sense. See, I was thinking if you're all named the same, wouldn't that make it harder, not easier? Yeah, like if you're calling Clementine, well, which one? Right? Yeah. <laughs> which one do you want, mom? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Clementine is hilarious, and I, I definitely, I hope that. I mean, obviously, we know season three is coming out in January in the US. Hopefully, it's going to come out around the same sort of time in the UK. But 
alibi being alibi in their tweets. It's, it's early 2023, and like, when's that? Well, sometime before December 2023, like, thanks, <laughs> alibi. Um, <laughs> love you, social media. Um, I, I hope that we get to see, you know, Clementine back and um, some of the other new characters like Hattie and things. Because, you know, they're such fun and they do bring such a a different perspective. I've I've kind of felt this season the lack of the friendship that Rupert brought to Eliza kind of made her a bit more human and a bit more. She had to think he was so self-centered and, and mm. focused on himself that Eliza had to think of him first. She had to put his get over his what was going on in his life before she could kind of go, hey, help me with my case. And also Henry, the, the, whether he was an apparition or, uh, you know, her mind working its way through, it made her feel more human. And I think that's the only downside is that Eliza at the minute is so focused on her work and so focused on herself that I, I feel like she's lacking that character that kind of makes her have to put somebody else first. Definitely. Yeah. Especially with, with Henry, I always kind of thought about him as her conscience in season one. And and she doesn't have that. She doesn't – I mean, Ivy questions her, William questions her, but she can very easily brush both of them off. She she couldn't brush her father off. Yes. He made her think about things and how she went about things. And, and I did feel like that was missing a little bit this season. Yeah, the people around her kind of allow her to behave in this certain way. And and she probably does need somebody who's going to kind of trip her up. I mean, later in the season, I think Moses does. He kind of gets a little bit shirty with her. Yes, I love but that. But it's brief. <laughs> it's it's a brief moment of, uh, you know, but I think she she kind of, I love her independence. I love how gung-ho she is and I love how, you know, determined she is. But at the same time, I'm like, in order to grow, she's got to start thinking of the other people around her a little bit yep. and not always be so blinded by. Uh, and maybe that's part of her journey as a character that she's going to go on and we'll see over the coming seasons, yeah. fingers crossed. Hopefully but I like this one. It was kind of lacking. A, it was kind of lacking a little bit for me, obviously, that the, the scenes of William and Eliza are kind of bookend of the episode. Um, and I was like, that was very strange to me. Like, I'm not used to, I'm used to their scenes kind of being filtered throughout the episodes. So, um, yeah, it was a bit like, okay, this is, this is difficult for, as a William and Eliza fan. And those are the scenes that I really enjoy and I look forward to and, and the scenes that I kind of like to rewatch a lot and like, hmm, this is, this is quick. But, and I love Fitzroy. I love that little, that little smile that he has <laughs> which should which leads us nicely on to our, our our new characters for the season yeah. on instagram uh jersey mission says like the new supporting cast especially clementine she is sassy and offer offers a contrast to another class in the victorian world along with moses so we mentioned clementine um we have the new character fitzroy we have the new character, Hattie, which is Rupert Parker's cousin, Mrs. Parker's niece. So um, talk about um, Fitzroy and Hattie. Um, Megan or Callie? Uh, Callie? 
Patty annoys me a little. She reminds (laughs) me of friends who just won't leave you alone to breathe for one minute without texting or calling. (laughs) So I like that. I mean, she's smart, obviously, and and I like that she's funny, but I also like sometimes I I feel Eliza's annoyance with her. It's like, just don't talk right now. I need to think (laughs) and I need to listen to this person. And you're interrupting me, and she just pops up so much. But it's funny, but I, I like this very much better as a new character over her. But um, I think if she were in it more in a more serious way sometimes, like I could totally see her helping Eliza in the future, but um, maybe on her own or not with Eliza or slightly less enthusiastic, it, it's a lot to handle for me personally. <laughs> I think if Eliza took Hattie and helped her in the same way William is helping Fitzroy, that would be like a nice parallel or foil Mm. to each other, you know, like help mold Hattie, you know, like here's not that Hattie could be a private detective, but like, here's a way you could help me be less annoying, you know, focus your thoughts and your sentences to be very concise instead of just going off on your fonts, you know. <laughs> you know, here's a way to be more helpful as opposed to just spending a half an hour spouting knowledge, you know. That would be nice, you know, in the contrast. Here's William and Fitzroy. Here's Eliza and Hattie, you know, two very different, you know, people, but the same. How are they the same age? I just can't picture it. For some reason, Hattie just seems younger to me. She yeah. does, yeah. I think she so does much too. Younger. But maybe that's yeah. a maturity thing, and maybe that's intentional that Hattie's had quite a sheltered life compared mm. to Eliza. It's I nice that they that. do have some parallels between them in that they've both lost, seemingly lost young, and they've both lost their father, and I think it's supposed to show how different they are, even though they've had slightly similar lives. I like the fact that they both have an interest in what their dads did. Hattie's dad being a printer and you know Eliza's being a detective and they've both kind of I do do love you know Hattie and her passion for fonts (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah I think I feel like Fitzroy's storyline across the whole season was is slightly better thought out Hattie seems Mm -hmm. to kind of pop in and out but doesn't necessarily have a really strong storyline but it still it just sort of pops in and out. Whereas I think maybe because Fitzroy is the only friend that William has, that he's kind of in a lot of scenes all the time. Whereas Eliza's got a bit with Moses, a bit with Ivy, a bit with Hattie, a bit with some of the new characters that we get to meet, and and so maybe that's why her storyline, when you compare it to Fitzroy, doesn't quite fit as strongly. Um, but I do love Fitzroy. I think he's he's so funny, and um, Evan McCabe who plays him is just. I think he's got everything about him spot on. You know, he's just you, you just want to give Fitzroy a cuddle. You know, you mm-hmm, kind of look yeah. at him in the first episode and you think, oh my god, how did you get here? And you are you really this bad? And kind of slightly reminded me of Honeychurch a little bit where you just think oh he's so adorable but oh my goodness you're going to get somebody killed um, Honeychurch was he was an ass as well yeah yeah. <laughs> he was an adorable ass though. no <laughs> he was he, to me I mean, he was adorable but he he, he wasn't very nice 
where Fitzroy, he doesn't want to be here as where Honey Church, I think, wanted to be there. And, you know, but this is true. As where Fitzroy, I think, in the first episode, you go, oh, we really don't want this guy. I don't want this character. But then as the episodes get along and by the end of season two, you're like, okay, I really like this character. I mean, we're not talking about episode six, but. By the end of the season, you know, you're you're really rooting for this guy, and he's a standout. <laughs> I mean, yeah, episode three, he's really, like, tucked under William's wing, and he's right there, you know, helping William illegally do this. Not illegally, but, like, off the books, solve this case. And, yeah, it could get him in trouble, too, but he is going to be there with his new boss and anything to help William because, you know, William is going to save him and he thinks the world of William. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see William, you know, have a kind of softer point of view and softer characteristic as was this hard, rough police man. Definitely. And I I like how hard he was trying to explain to William why he didn't want to be there and why he was stuck there. And William's like, don't talk. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> You'll know the whole story if you just wait a minute. We would have avoided a lot of trouble if you just yeah. let him explain himself first. <laughs> so our final uh, question is a- another fan question from uh, Francesca off of our Facebook po- uh, page. And uh, it's uh, about the running theme of trust and respect through each Eliza and William's eyes on their relationship and how that has kind of transformed through the season. There, think, there does seem to be an awful lot of trust issues between them, kind of, you know, it kicks off with Eliza um, obviously going behind William's back for the taking a case that perhaps she shouldn't have done. Does Eliza really trust William with, um, you know, when she's in trouble, is he going to send her to Newgate prison or get her, help get her out of trouble and things? H- how do you feel that has kind of played out in the first three episodes? I think she trusts him, but I think she wants to trust herself more. Like, she's like, oh, I trust you, but I'm just going to, like, double check your work. And or hmm, that's a good question. I think I think you're right. I think they both trust each other. I think that when it comes down to it, I don't know if there's anybody else that either of them would rather have in their corner Mm -hmm. than, you know, the other. But I think with Eliza, it it comes more down to is that she never wants to be rescued. She Mm -hmm. always wants to be able to do the work herself and always wants to rescue herself, essentially, you know, unless she's locked in a a cell and can't (laughs) actually get out. But I I, I think that's mostly what it is, is she doesn't want to have to rely on him ever. Mm -hmm. But she keeps having to. That's the thing. Yeah. Always getting out of jail and it's like. That's why she keeps being so reckless, too. I feel like William's her, her cushion, and if she knows she screws up so badly, oh, he'll just be there to catch me if I fall, but then I'm going to drive him nuts again the next day. She doesn't learn, does she? No. It's, it's like going like to take something. But equally, I feel like, you know, William's kind of, he 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 needs somebody who who relies on him in some ways. I think he... He feels quite proud that she she needs him sometimes. I love the fact that, you know, he is really incredibly proud of her at the end of the second episode. There's just this really proud look on his face, which is so adorable to see. But equally, I feel 
I think Stuart said it on um, one of the interviews, you know, William just wants her to put him first. And she can't do that. And or how can she do that whilst still maintaining her own integrity um, is, is a tricky balance for her to find. But, you know, it is important to him. And I think we see it throughout the season as a whole, just how important respect is to him and how, you know, he's come from a workhouse. He's come from a position where he shouldn't be where he is. And yes, he's had help along the way. And she does kind of appreciate how he's got where he's got. I question whether she actually knows that he's been in the workhouse, but that's for a whole different discussion. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, he respect and trust is a big thing for him. And I think part of that is as a police officer, you have to trust the people that you're with, you know. If you're in a gunfight, you need to trust that these people are going to fight with you and not run off and hide. So, or as we saw with Fitzroy, not actually like me upstairs. You didn't have the gun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just going to quiver in my boots as you get yeah. me up. <laughs> when she says, oh, "Would you rather Fitzroy have come with the gun?" That was so funny. Oh, that was hilarious. But again, it's that it is that kind of side of Eliza where. You know, there's that cheeky teasingness, but at the same time, you're like, oh, Eliza, you're not learning yet. You're still in trouble here, love. You're not perfect. Well, it's like at the end of episode three, he says, you know, I don't like you teasing me. You know, I don't yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm just teasing you. You know, I don't like it. And she does it every single time. Because she's to an extent, but yeah. So. I think, I think it's a the, comfort zone for her, though. I think that's where she feels safest. It's The romantic side of things is not a comfortable place for Eliza. She doesn't understand it. And, again, it's a conversation for the next podcast because I noticed something in episode five that I'm like, oh, that kind of, twi- kind of goes back to episode one and why Eliza acts the way she does. But she's not comfortable in that relationship. And William's been a little bit distant. And I think that teasingness is her kind of trying to pull him back and trying to kind of go, be my friend, be the person that I want you to be, which is that kind of, you're going to tease me and stuff like that. So it's, it's a difficult thing because William's probably sitting there going, I don't want that. I don't want you to tease me. That's just, that's not fun anymore because I want something more and you don't. Well, I think they have respect for each other. And a certain amount of trust because it's like in episode two where she is caught in the alley by the art thief and she says, you know, I wouldn't do that. There's, a, you know, an inspector with a gun to your head and he goes, oh, I won't fall for that. And he, William's right behind him. You know, there is a certain amount of respect that, oh, you know, not respect, trust that, you know, William's really going to be there for her when she needs them and kind of with episode three where she's at the very end she's got the gun on the lady i can't remember her name now um bloody mary Mary. yeah and you know she's gonna save him they just somehow make it work there is that trust but you know they just can't quite get it to that 100 percent trust and respect to the point where it works at least in episodes one through three, they're just stuck at that like 99% and <laughs> yeah, it's just, they can't quite figure it out where they 
can get that additional 1% to their relationship, to the romantic part. Maybe in season three, there'll be something, some sort of movement. I don't know. Fingers crossed. It would be nice to see some growth between the two of them to yeah. a point, but we shall see. Yeah. Anyway, I don't I want think... to spoil it because this is episodes one through three, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. season three is, it might have something that, like Callie and I said, there has to be something major happen mm-hmm. for her to yeah. see mm-hmm. where she shake Eliza up. Yeah, yeah. shake Eliza yeah. up. That might, so that major thing might happen in season three. <laughs> That's all. Since we're not talking about episodes four through six, we're not talking about it, but. That's for the next see. one. That's for the next one. Tune in, <laughs> folks. Goodbye. Click. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Um, Callie and thank you Megan so much I I absolutely love doing this yeah it was fun we talked for an hour and a half and if anybody is still listening thank you for sticking in with us we appreciate (laughs) you too definitely and don't forget you can find us on all kind of social media platforms Facebook, Instagram, and yeah, we're having such a great time just chatting about the episodes. And you know, we we can't can't do a podcast for the fans without the fans. So come and find us, uh, Amanda. You have all the details. Um, yes, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group under um, Scarlet Tears Podcast. Um, just search Scarlet Tears Podcast. Um, we have a website, um, scarleteerspodcast.wordpress.com with all of our podcast links and information there. Our Instagram is scarleteers underscore podcast. You can find us there. Um, like Lindsay said, tons of great discussions. Um, some of, some of it's like what we're talking about now. Um, but it's just, Great fun. So come join us. Um, we won't bite. Um, we're a friendly bunch. We're a friendly bunch. Unless it's um, Miss Scarlet and Duke after dark. <laughs> yeah, that's the secret, secret club. Um, you will have to know the password. <laughs> the safe word. Um, We'll have to think of that now. <laughs> um, but yeah, just come and join us. We are looking for you. Um, so yeah, that's it. Scarlet Tears podcast everywhere. Bye. Thank you everybody for listening to the Scarlet Tears podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod. Incomatech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0. License HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.